Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to this episode of Countdown to GDPR. This is the podcast series which helps you to understand not only what GDPR is, but how to prepare for it from the compliance perspective. As always, I am joined by Jonathan Armstrong, a partner at Quartery in London and a well-known data privacy and data protection expert. In today's episode, we look at the role of the data protection officer, what this person should have as background, and how they should move forward with their role at this point. GDPR goes live on May 27th, 2018, so this series will help you prepare for this go-live date. Countdown to GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode of Countdown to GDPR with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Cordery in, Compli- in London and an expert on data protection and data privacy. In this episode, for our continuing countdown of how you might get ready for GDPR live date of May 25, 2018, we're going to take up the topic of the data protection officer. So, Jonathan, with that, could you explain what the data protection officer is, at least as it's envisioned in the regulation? Yeah, happy to, Tom, and uh, thanks for having me on. So, the the concept of a data protection officer is not new, and like much of GDPR, there's uh, a history in uh, Europe. In some jurisdictions, like Germany, Whilst the data protection officer hasn't been mandatory, it's been effectively mandatory because you've had to do other things if you don't have one. And appointing a DPO was often the line of least resistance. Under GDPR, some of that German thinking, if you like, gets uh, across to Europe as a whole. And GDPR provides that many organizations will have to appoint a DPO. And that DPO shall have the relevant professional qualifications, expert knowledge of data protection law and practices, uh, and the ability to fulfill a variety of tasks that are set out in GDPR. And this uh, requirement for uh, professional uh, qualifications, again, is something that we've seen previously in places like uh, Austria and Hungary, for example, where in some jurisdictions it was necessary for the DPO to be uh, a uh, to have a law degree or a da- or a degree in uh, public administration, and the requirements on a DPO are many and varied. So they don't necessarily sit in one place. GDPR has some requirements on what a DPIO. Uh, has to be and where he or she has to sit in the organization and their qualities. And we did an exercise for clients pulling together almost a job description of a DPO and what that role would look like. And that stretches to more than eight pages. Uh, A DPO should, you know, can be full-time, can be part-time, but they must have senior management uh, the, the era of senior management, and they must be uh, they must report directly into the into the senior management and should be quasi independent. So as a result, some internal candidates like the head of HR, perhaps the head of uh, IT, are likely to be disqualified 
from being the DPO. And some of the regulators have issued some guidance that's that's more readable than others. Uh, Ireland, for example, has some guidance on appropriate qualifications for a DPO that they published last year, which is um, which is worth a read. But my big caveat being that guidance is guidance. Uh, some regulators, for example, have suggested that DPOs will be immune from liability. I don't think that's within a regulator's gift at all. As we've said earlier on these uh, uh, podcasts already, Tom, we're likely to see a significant rise in the number of civil actions from data subjects. And I think it's almost inevitable that if there were a data breach or a serious breach of GDPR, somebody, if they're bringing a civil action, will join the DPO into those proceedings. So, the DPO position is not one to be taken lightly. So most of the listeners are certainly going to be aware of a chief compliance officer and the functions of a chief compliance officer. And I guess my concern, Jonathan, would be to take someone like myself with a law degree, uh, with expertise in compliance, uh, I could set up a compliance program, but in terms of the specific technical requirements, I certainly would not meet those in either data protection or data privacy. Do you see that as a, as either a need or, or a gap that needs to be filled? I do, and I think we are going to get this situation of potential conflicts. I think with many of uh, the organizations that we come across, the organization is appointing a DPO and then saying to them, right, so you've now got to deliver the GDPR project and you've got to deliver data protection impact assessments on everything that we do. And I think that's likely to be the wrong approach. The DPO is meant in some respects to be an internal policeman in a similar way that a compliance officer might be in a large corporation. So in, in, in some circumstances, the DPO shouldn't be the doer. They should be the person being consulted on the doing. And in DPIAs, for example, data protection impact assessments, I think that's very clear, for example, that those organizations that we've seen that rely on, and I'm going to use many acronyms, I apologize, those that rely on the DPO to do the DPIA are likely to get into trouble with the DPA, the Data Protection Authority, because uh, the DPO will often not know the business application as well as the business, nor should she. And the DPO is there to be consulted on what the business intends to do, not to you know to work that out from fresh and and, and ensure compliance. The business of compliance belongs to the business, not to the DPO. So with that, Jonathan, I was wondering if we could turn to some of the uh, suggestions that you might have about what a DPO could do uh, now to help a company in the countdown to GDPR. I think there are many and varied things that, uh, that we'd like to see. DPO is doing. I mean, I think uh, I think one of those will be to some to be a focal point. I think for data protection related activity, I think they'll need to uh, support and coordinate senior management focus. 
they're probably somebody who, like the front of the Cordry website, will want a countdown clock on their own intranet pages to focus people's minds and tell them that we're under 100 days to go. I think they will be consulted on the GDPR strategy and not necessarily the person who has to design it, but I think they have to be involved in that. And I think that they, uh, I would expect them to have, as we said before, the ear of senior management to discuss potential issues with them. One of those issues might be whether he or she believes that they can comply with GDPR on 25th of May, and if not, trying to put some uh, quantification on that risk because, of course, any corporation that's a listed entity might want to be making disclosures to its stock exchange if they think that there is a significant risk. I think they'll be doing other things as well, like supervising registers. GDPR seems to be a fan of not only complying, but documenting compliance. So things like the Article 30 register, which is on the type of data that you're processing, a register on when data subjects exercise their rights, so whether it be the right to forgotten or, or, or a request to access their data, what's called a subject access request, and a log on data breaches as well. And it might be appropriate for the DPO to be in charge of those logs, but certainly the DPO should be reviewing them on a regular basis and making sure that they're up to date and accurate. And then probably the other big area that the DPO can help with uh, at the moment would be in terms of training. So training's a key to GDPR compliance. I think a lot of organizations are not doing that that well at the moment. Awareness programs should have already been put in place, I think, for the reasons that we discussed on the last podcast, I think, uh, Tom, that if you haven't educated your employees on GDPR by now, many of them will have let Uncle Google educate them. And that's probably not a wise step because a lot of that content is tied to a specific vendor and, and won't let you see the full picture. So you'd want your DPO to be involved in, in all of that training and education. And I have to say that some of the courses I'm seeing are terrible at the moment. I was asked to review one last week which was just plainly wrong. And it had customer choice. Uh, it had uh, multiple choice questions at the end for employees to go through, the answers to which were also wrong. And uh, in the end, my advice to the client was just to, to switch it off, not to give it to any, uh, any of its employees, because you'd spend more time correcting the mistakes in the training that, than, it, than it would solve. So, so the quality of training particularly is at best mixed at the moment. And I think a DPO with proper expertise and proper knowledge of this space can add value there by reviewing that training. 
Well, Jonathan, we're near the uh, end of our time for this episode, so I wanted to thank you for your thoughts on the data protection officer. I've been visiting with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Cordery in London, uh, and a data protection and data privacy expert. Uh, if you want more information on Cordery services on this, please check out their website. We'll link to it in the show notes, and they have a fabulous tool called the GDPR Navigator that I'll also link to. Jonathan, thank you, and I look forward to uh, the next episode. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Countdown to GDPR. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast. That would help in our rankings and also help get out the word about this most important podcast series with the upcoming go-live date of May 25, 2018 of GDPR. Also, I hope you will join us in Houston, if you can, on April 10th for Jonathan's half-day workshop on on GDPR. Finally, if you have any questions, you can email Jonathan at jonathanarmstrong at corderycompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Countdown to GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.